worship the Lord together. Amen. As, as we're staying, we go to the word of the Lord today. Um, I, I don't have a Mother's Day sermon. I just couldn't get off or away from this sermon. Uh, so um, we'll have to save that for another day, another year. Um, Hebrews, the ninth chapter, verse 11. But Christ being come and high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. If the blood of bulls and goats can do that, how much more will the blood of Christ save you, redeem you, purchase your salvation? How much more do we have to give to God because of what He did in His sacrifice when what they had was already good, but God says, I can do more. I can do better. There is a better way. And so I want to preach to you today from this title, Setting a Standard. Setting a standard. Why don't we give the Lord a hand clap of praise as we're seated today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Speak to us today. Anoint our ears, our hearts to receive your word. We thank you, Jesus. You may be seated in Jesus' name. Every so often there, there comes an event. An event that is like none other and that has such an impact that things are no longer the same. Whether for the good or for the bad, everything has been altered. And you can't really put a certain period on it as to when it might happen or will happen. The parameters of time do not decide when it will happen, but obviously there are precursors to many events, things and events that build up to initiate such a life-altering event, and it's just a matter if we realize what these precursors are, if we can see the signs of these things coming. We know that the return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is coming, and that is going to be an event that's going to change the rest of humanity, and while to many people it's just going to happen, I don't know about you, but I can see the signs that it's coming, and it's coming soon and very soon, and so to those that are looking and to those that are watching, you will be able to see some of the signs of something great to come. And so what's one such event happened in August of 1992. A storm in the Atlantic Ocean made its way to South Florida. 
brought its winds and rains and dumped them upon us. And this little storm was named Hurricane Andrew. And Andrew altered us. Andrew changed us. It had such an impact on us that we still feel its impact on us even today. Because Hurricane Andrew changed the way that construction is done. Before August 1992, we built homes and we built houses to a certain standard. We built them one way, but after August of 92, things were not the same and a new standard had been set and established. But if you live in your home and it's built before 1992, you are living under an old building code. And if you're still living there, obviously the house is still standing. Even after all the hurricanes that Florida has had and all the storms that's come through, it's not that Hurricane Andrew was the first hurricane Florida ever had. It's not that we were building our homes out of straw and out of cardboard that made such a drastic impact. No, they were built up to a standard. They were built up to the code that had been set, but an event happened. And it was decided that we need to do more. We need to do more. We need to build stronger buildings. And how much more can we do to make our buildings stronger and safer for the people in them? But now that an an even greater standard has been set, what we've been doing Uh, doesn't add to it. It doesn't make the cut. You cannot build houses according to pre-92 anymore. You have to build your home and the buildings and and the high-rises according to the new updated standard building code. And so we have to take the higher standard. You have to take the higher road if it's out there and, and compare it to the existing standard and the way that we've been doing things and see where we fall short and how much more we should be doing when compared to the higher standard. But if you aren't directly involved in building and in construction, then the Florida Building Code probably doesn't really have much effect on your life. You may not even realize uh, how the changes that have taken place uh, because of all that. And every, I don't know if it's every year, but every few years they get get updated and newer standards get added and, and a higher way to build things. And so if that doesn't really affect your life, maybe this next event did have an impact on your life. September 11, 2001. If you were of age on that day, I'm sure I could pass this mic around. And each one of us could replay that day in our minds. Where you were, what you were doing when you heard about the towers uh, struck and falling down. uh, An event so impactful that it forever seared our minds and it it captured that moment never to be forgotten. Did 9-11 change you? Did it set a new standard in your life because of that? 
I know that it changed this country. Uh, September 10th, we were a different country than we were on September 12th. Because an event happened. Something came and shook our foundation. Uh, A shaking happened. Uh, An awakening occurred. And this country came together and unified unlike that I have ever seen. And I haven't seen much compared to others. There were American flags flying everywhere from what I can remember. Like how we cannot find hand sanitizer and disinfectant products, you probably could not find American flags because everyone was buying them up. And the churches were filling up. People's souls were shaken to the core. A new standard was being established by by how they responded to those attacks on 9-11. But as time goes on and September 11th slowly fades into the horizon and becomes a distant memory. Many of our lives have regressed from that standard that our actions set on September 12th. Our our nation today is different than it was on September 12th. I wish that I could say it's better I wish I could say that we are stronger. I wish we could say that we are more unified than we were some 19 years ago on September 12th. But from what I can see, it doesn't seem like we are as unified as we used to be. That we are not a a one country as we used to be. It seems like we are being more and more divided as the days go by. Uh, I don't think that we are where we used to be. I think maybe, just maybe, we have fallen short of that standard that we set as individuals. And obviously the country set, but, but we set too ourselves on September 12th. Something happened inside of us, but maybe, just maybe, we have fallen short of that standard. We have forgotten that event and our our lives don't seem to bear that scar anymore, that mark. and, And we just get back to the way things used to be. Our souls were awakened, but it seems that many souls have fallen back asleep. The level of patriotism that was established had been forgotten. The running to the churches subsided and... America returned back to its gods of entertainment, unrighteousness, ungodliness. And we as a people and we as a nation set a new standard, a a new way of living. But then we settled in and we got comfortable again after the storm passed and things started getting back to a normal. The wave of emotion was over as we knew it. But do you know who has not forgotten September 11th? Our government. Our government has not forgotten. Our government is still living by the new standard that it set on September 12th. And even so, it's probably even more stricter than that new standard they set on September 12th. The government is still living and upholding their standard. The government is stronger and more powerful than it was on September 10th. 
because our government said we cannot go back to the things, to the way they used to be. A new standard has been set and we need to keep it. We need to adhere to it. We need to hold to it like never before because if we let go, if we go back to the way things used to be, we can be open ourselves up to more destruction and judgment and mayhem in our life and, and our country. So we have to hold the standard. And so we need to be living and operating by the highest of standards. Even some 20 years later, when you go to the airport, you are still, still experiencing the standard that was established on September 12th. Maybe that's the only places that we go where we can still feel the effect of September 11th because for the most of us, it's just kind of gone away. We'll never forget it, but we've forgotten our standard and we, we've laxed a little bit and we got a little bit loose on the way we used to live and do things in our life. But when you go to the airport, that is when you are reminded that, hey, the government has not forgotten and I guess we're thankful that the government has not forgotten and has maintained the standard that they set and are still moving forward because we haven't had an attack like that since. Uh, but as frustrating as it can get sometimes, when you're in the airport line, your mind says, can we just go back to the way it was? Why do I have to disclose and take off basically almost all my clothes? Why do I take off my belt and take my shoes off and walk through barefooted with nothing in my hands? Uh, oh, why can't we just go back to the way that it used to be so I don't have to be inconvenienced anymore? I don't like this. And so the government says, no, we cannot go back. We've set a new standard a higher standard, and now we have to live up to it. This is how it must be now. No choice in the matter. This is how it's going to be. And if our government has determined to live and operate by a higher standard, how much more should its people hold ourselves to a higher standard too? How much more should the citizens say, I need to start living right. I need to make the right choices. I need to hold myself accountable. I need to live to a higher standard, even higher than the standard that my government set, I should be living by that and higher. Because if we the people have the power in this country to set the laws and to establish new standards and higher standards, then we the people should be modeling the standards that we want. But if the people get lax and the people just get comfortable and lazy and go back to the ways that they used to be, the government looks around and says, well, we're the only ones holding the standard. And so I guess we can do what we want since the people are just gotten comfortable again. You see, whenever there's an uprising, the government listens. Things start happening. Things start changing. Because it realizes and it knows that if the people actually start living by a standard that they want and accept, then all these things can start happening. And when we the people come together and, and lay aside our differences and say, 
this is what we want and here is a better standard that we want to live by. When the people speak, the government listens. But if the people never come together and if they live at their substandards and only focus on our differences, then the government will just keep on moving on as it is because it's living by its own standards. But when God brought the people of Israel out of bondage and out of slavery and out of a corrupt government and out of Egypt, he did so in order to establish Israel as its own nation. And it would be a holy nation made up of peculiar people, made up of different people. Not that they were different physically, but Israel was different because it was living by a different standard than the rest of the world. Than the rest of the world, it had a higher calling. It had a higher purpose than the other nations. Israel's standard was the word of God. It wasn't to be ruled by man, but by God himself. And there's no higher standard than to live by than the, the word of God. And that is what governs our soul. That is, that is what has the final say in our life because these words and these laws extend far beyond the reach of a nation's borders. The word of God goes all the way across the world and even outside of the world, the word of God extends into heaven because that's where it came from. And so these standards we set and established are from another world. These standards are forever settled in heaven. And if we want to go to heaven, if we want to live there, thankfully God has given us an, an advanced copy and insight until and to see how things work up there. Because if you want to become the citizen of another country, you have to apply. You have to go through a screening process. You have to, they say, here's our laws and here's what you need to abide by. It's the same thing with heaven. Heaven's got laws. Heaven's got standards that we need to abide by. And the world is not going to let you know what they are. But they're found in the word of God because the word of God is a higher standard. It's the highest standard that you and I can live our lives by. And we need to live our lives by that because it comes from God. Those that are serious about going to heaven, they will live their life by heaven's standards down here because this is just the application process. God gives the standards out and says, whoever follows these standards can get in. And a lot of people are going to be upset, but God says, hey, I gave the standards to everybody. And so, one of the standards of heaven is that you must be born again. You can't even see the kingdom of God unless you are born of the water and of the spirit. And we need to repent of our sins. We need to be baptized in Jesus' name. We need to be filled with the Holy Ghost, evidenced by speaking in other tongues. And that last part, being filled with the spirit of God, is the key that unlocks the higher standard of living. It's what gives us the power to live at that new level, to live at the calling and the destiny destination that God is calling us to be. If you've only repented and if you've only been baptized but haven't received the infilling of the Holy Ghost, then you're going to struggle. 
with heaven's standards. You're going to struggle with the kingdom of God. You're going to struggle. Why do we need to do this? And, and why does it say to do that? And I can't do that and I can't do this. If you don't have the Holy Ghost and filled up in your life, then you're going to struggle with heaven's standards because the Holy Ghost is what gives us that power to make those choices. It gives that power to crucify our flesh and crucify our will and our fleshly desires and say, no, you cannot do that. You cannot go there because the power inside of me, there's a higher calling in my life, a higher standard that I'm being called to live by, and the Holy Ghost will help you to live at that standard. A human does not have the power to live by heaven's standards unless he has been given power from heaven the Holy Ghost, to live according to heaven's standards. It's a source, a power source, that will help you live by that higher standing. Without it, we are only flesh and blood, and we stand no chance of meeting those expectations that are laid out in the Word of God. One of those things that the Word of God takes into account regarding a nation is sin. As great of a document as the U.S. Constitution is, and all the powers that it contains, along with all the Bill of Rights that we're ready to throw up at arms about if somebody steps or, or crosses our Bill of Rights and, and uh, how it is used to form such a great nation, the one thing that it does not mention or account for is sin. It establishes no standard for sin. But when God established a nation, He had laws addressing sin, and He established standards to live by, and the standard was this. Innocent blood had to be shed as payment for the committed sin. Innocent blood had to be shed to meet the standard that God set up in his nation and his rules. And, and through this standard did animals become sacrifices for the sins of mankind. Which is fascinating if you really think about it. A man or a woman can make a bad choice and commit a sin against God. And in order for him to get right with God, he goes into his backyard, grabs an animal, grabs a lamb, and, and takes it to the altar, and it's killed. And now, all of a sudden, the man can walk away reconciled and restored in the eyes of God. Amazing. Amazing how an animal's blood can be substituted for an action that I did. But the problem with that is it never really penetrated the heart of the sinner. It never really got down to it. I mean, obviously, we can't really relate. Uh, maybe some of us have pets or animals, but imagine it would be gruesome and, and heartbreaking if you had to sacrifice your dog for one of your sins. You'd probably think twice about it because 
one, we don't have that many animals, and we just have the, the few animals, and we've grown attached to it. But if you have a 1,000 sheep, and you commit a sin, you just walk out to the back and say, okay, it's your turn. So it didn't really grab the heart of the sinner. And that was the standard by which the people of the Old Testament lived by, and that standard was set by God. And so he said, this is the way it's going to be. But then an event happened. That changed the way that things were done. God robed himself in flesh. He was born in a manger with the intention of becoming the sacrificial lamb that would be slain for the sins of the world. Uh, But I thought that there was already a system in place. I thought there already was a standard that addressed the sin. And there was. And it worked for the intended period. But now, God was raising the standard. God was raising the standard to a new level of living. No longer will you have to offer animals as a sacrifice. But there will be only one sacrifice for the sins of the world. And that was Jesus Christ himself. He he bore our sins upon his back. He carried your sins to the cross so that we did not have to go. And he only had to do that once because he took everybody's sin. One lamb could only... Play a pay for one sin, but a, a higher standard, a higher, more precious blood can say, I'm going to take all the sins. I have the power to collect all the sins of the world and take them upon my back, and I will become the sacrifice for all sins of all mankind. And that's what happened when Jesus went to the cross. He established a new standard to live by that the the, the sacrifice of bulls and goats and animals does not even cut it anymore because a higher standard had been set. Our text says, For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of an heifer sprinkling of the unclean sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. How much more powerful is the blood of Jesus in our life? Why? Because it's a higher level. It's a new standard of living. God raised the bar and says, now you have to live according to this standard. You used to live down here, but now I'm doing a change. I'm doing a new work. I'm going to give you a new heart, a new way, a new path, and it's my blood that will give you access to that. How much more does the blood of Jesus Christ wipe away our sins? How much more power do we have because of the blood of Jesus? Can you imagine trying to plead the blood of a goat against the devil? Plead the blood of a lamb against the devil. The devil just laughs and it doesn't work. Why? Because that that blood had only enough power to wipe and cover away one sin. But once you start pleading the blood of Jesus Christ... There's no devil in hell that can stand against that. Why? Because that came from a higher power. That came from a higher standard that the devil can't even combat against. It doesn't work in that the 
dimension. That's okay because we have the power, the blood of Jesus Christ over our life, over our home. It is a different standard. It is a higher standard that we are now called to that has been introduced into our life. Jesus' death on the cross was the event that forever changed this world. It changed this world forever. It it shifted the entire destination, the destiny of this world. I would say it shifted the world on a different axis, but I can't prove that. All I know, it did did something in the spiritual realm that shook this world to the foundation of its core. The death on the cross is the event that changed everything that we look back to now. We can't get around it. We can't go over it. We can't go through it. it. It's the cross of Jesus Christ that introduced this world to a higher level of living. And no longer was the word of God applied to the nation of Israel, but now anyone and everyone had access to the holy of holies. Not just the Jews, but anybody. The Gentiles can come in. And I'm thankful, being a Gentile, I'm thankful that I have access to the Holy of Holies, that I can feel the power and the presence of God. You know what did that? The blood of Jesus did that for you. The blood of Jesus rent that veil from the top to the bottom. And a new higher standard is established in the world. And I'm thankful for that standard. I'm thankful for the blood that I can come in and feel the power and the presence of Almighty God. Because he paid the sins for every mankind. So the cross is the new standard that we are to live by. That is where the word of God was sacrificed. And everything we do points to the cross, that event that changed everything. The standard was set for us to follow, for us to live by, and for us to change our lives to live in accordance with the new standard that God had set. But it doesn't matter how good of a person you are. The cross set a new standard for everyone. Maybe you got lucky before then, but after the cross, the standard is established on Galgotha's Hill. And so it doesn't matter how good you are. The cross is the new standard. We will now be judged by that standard. You can now live, you can live how you want, but if it's not according to the highest standard, then you will be found in violation. You will be found wanting. You will be found guilty because you were not living by the standard that God had called us to. In some other world, by some other law or some other standard, you might seem and appear innocent. But this is the highest standard to which we will be held to. And there is no higher standard than the word of God. This is what we will be judged by. And this is what we will be held to is what the word of God says in our life. What What causes a person to change? 
change their habits, change their thinking, change their way of life. The event that does that to that person demonstrates not only the power of that event, but it also tells us the condition of that person who decided to make that change. It happens all the time. There are life events that happen that change us. Deaths happen. Family members go through things. We go through things. Experiences that we live through that change us. And maybe books that we read that change our way of thinking. And so many of these events in our lives that cause us to start living by a new standard. Or maybe it's a higher standard that you set for yourself. But the danger is, is that we will change because of a standard and we will change because of an event. But we won't change when the Word of God tells us to change. We'll give our time to this and to that. But for the kingdom of God, we don't really have much time. We get passionate about this and that, and, but lethargic and lazy when it comes to the things of God. We'll change our life to accommodate the blood of bulls and goats, but the blood of Jesus, we barely give a second thought. We'll rearrange our work schedule, our, our time, and our effort for some habit of ours, from, for some show we want to go see. But the kingdom of God, I, I can't make it. We're not living by the right standard. America will shut down its bars Shut down its clubs, shut down its entertainment, shut down Hollywood for some virus. But it won't shut it down for the word of God. America has just shown God what it is capable of doing if it really wants to. America has set a new standard for COVID-19 and, and in that... It will be found guilty because it's demonstrated to God that it can do it. That we as a nation, we can do it. We can stop. We can stop ourselves in our tracks if we really want to, but uh, it determines what standard. And uh, the government has decided that COVID-19 is the reason that we will stop and we will go to our homes and we will shut everything down. But for the word of God, we don't care about that. Because the highest standard that we have, the Word of God tells us to flee fornication and to turn away from unrighteousness and to turn from drunkenness and to turn from sinful ways. But America has ignored that standard. In fact, it has been trying to silence the Word of God for some time now. But this virus has shown God that America can really do it. America can really turn if it really wanted to. And if America really wants to turn from its ungodly ways, we see now it can. 
If America really wants to turn to God, we see that it can. But will it? What standard will we continue as America to live by and to govern by? Musicians, if you would come. One of the most wicked nations to have ever existed was the Assyrians. These were some wicked people. They would wreak havoc and terror upon their enemies. And just at the mention of a rumor that the Assyrians were coming your way, it would strike fear into the heart of of those people. In their capital city of Nineveh, it is said that they used wallpaper to decorate their walls, and the wallpaper was made from their enemies. They had their own standard that they lived by and operated by. But then an event happened. Something happened that changed that city. A single man walked into the gates of the city and told them that if they do not repent and turn from their ways, then the God of heaven would judge them and destruction would come. Jonah brought the word of God to Nineveh. Jonah introduced them to a higher standard. A standard by which was much higher than Nineveh's standard. And the decision was left up to Nineveh. The people had a choice. Do we continue living by our standard or do we start living by this new standard that this man just said and told us about? And the word of God declares that the most wicked city repented of their ways. Nineveh, the capital of Assyria, the most wicked nation on the earth, repented of their ways and of their sins. If Nineveh submitted to the word of God, how much more should America submit to the word? Since we as a nation were founded upon the word, I've found the principles that are in the Word of God. But unfortunately, we have demonstrated that we will bow, we will submit, we will change our country, not for God, but for COVID-19. If you stand with me today. And this is what grieves the heart of God is when he sees this world when he sees this blessed country will do this for a virus but won't do it for him so I ask you now what has been your response to COVID-19 How have you let it change your life? How has your perception and thinking been changed? 
There are a handful of options out there, more serious, some more serious than others. Some don't leave their homes without a mask. And some don't even own a mask. But that's not what we are comparing today. We're not comparing your response to COVID-19 with my response to COVID-19. Your response to COVID-19 will be compared to your response to the Word of God. What standard are we living by? I see that people are more afraid of coronavirus than they are of hell. How do I know that? Because their life has changed right before my eyes for a virus. When the Word of God describes a place of torment for eternity and all of time, they don't seem to be afraid of that, but they're afraid of this. And so they're changing their life for this virus. While the Word of God describes a more terrible death that they don't seem to be afraid by or, or wanting to change by, your response to COVID-19 will be compared to your response to the Word of God in your life. What standard are you living by? I see the glaring stares out there in the public that I receive because I'm guilty. I don't wear a mask. And I know some people probably don't like me for that. I go into the stores and I'm not wearing a mask and I, I can feel the, the glare. How can, why aren't you wearing a mask? Their perception has been altered now. Everyone is looking for the mask. But if only, if only we looked at sin that way. Because as much masks are there around us now, there's so much more sin. But yet we're not looking for that. Our eyes have been glossed over. We've, we've laxed in our standard of looking at the sin and, and judging the sin in the world. If only we looked at unrighteousness like that and, and, and give uh, that glare how, how can you do that sin against God? If we only condemn sin like we condemn somebody for not wearing a mask, what standard are we living by? What God sees right now is how much we are willing to change for bulls and for goats. But what about the blood? of Jesus Christ what about the death of him on the cross isn't that so much greater isn't what Jesus did so much greater than what we can ever experience in this life isn't that worth changing for isn't that worth giving your life up for isn't that worth saying God I'm going to change my ways because you died for me I'm not going to do that anymore I'm going to turn my ways see we keep talking about a new normal and the new normal needs to be the word of God in our life 
That's what it needs to be. It needs to be all about the Word of God, all about the kingdom of God. We've changed our life for COVID. We need to start changing our life for God again. We need to get back to the altar. We need to get back to a life of prayer. We need to get back to a life of consecration and separation and turning off the filth of this world and shutting down the entertainment that this world tries to put in from our eyes. Why? Because there's a higher standard that we are called to live by. There's a standard to which we are going to be judged by. And it's not what the world says. It's what the Word of God says. That's the standard that needs to rule our life. The only way that Southwest Florida is going to be reached is if you and I start living our life by a higher standard. We have to start living our life. We have to be serious about heaven and hell. Otherwise, they're not going to be serious about it. If we're not afraid of hell and we don't think about heaven, how do we expect the people that are living in sin to, to care about it if the people of God aren't caring about it? And if we don't take the Word of God as serious as we are taking COVID-19, then God help us. Because we're lowering ourselves. We're setting our life to follow some standard that just came in the door. And it's going to be out the door in a few weeks probably. But what's going to be happening after that? After everything opens back up, I'll tell you who's watching. God's watching. God's watching. America came to its knees for COVID-19. And now we're trying to open back up. God's going to be watching where we go. We're going to be going back to the churches. Are there people going to be going back to the clubs and back to the bars and back to the foolishness and unrighteousness? I'll tell you what, this, this time for coronavirus is a time of judgment, a pending judgment. Because we're setting ourselves up, you and I, the country, America, the world. Because we've shown God what we'll do for this, what we'll do for blow, bulls and goats. There's a higher standard out there, a more serious standard to which we are called by. And so what our nation needs to do, I believe, is our nation needs to repent. If we're doing this for COVID, God forgive us. God have mercy on this nation if we are shut down for a disease, but we won't stop our unrighteousness. Have mercy on this nation, God. And what we need to do is we need to examine ourselves, how we've been acting like these past seven weeks. If we're taking this more serious than we're taking hell, we've got a problem. God, have mercy on me. Have mercy on us, God. Baptize us again and with a fresh anointing, God. With a fresh outpouring, God. We got a higher standard. Come on, let's begin to cry out to God. God, examine our heart today. God, search me. God, forgive me if I've taken this more serious than I've taken the word of God. Come on, it's time that we cry out to him. It's time that we ask God to forgive us, to have mercy on us. And God, call us to a higher place. Call us again. Renew that desire. Renew that passion again. Baptize us, God, with the spirit of prayer. 
of consecration, of sacrifice. That's what we're called to do. God, help us. Forgive us, Lord, of getting distracted, of becoming lazy. Oh, God, help us as we worship the Lord together. Let's just cry out to him. God, Let's just cry out to him. Are, oh, Jesus. How great, how great Search us, Lord. You are. Let's open up your heart. God, help me, Jesus. Have mercy on me, Lord. My God, how great you are. I'm living below how the standard. How great, how great you are. I've been living up below the standard. Praise me, help Jesus. Lift us up. My God, how great you are, how great, how great you are. How much more the blood of Jesus take away your sin. My God, how great you are, how great, how great you
Let's lift up the name. How much more than the blood of Jesus deserves to be praised, to be lifted up, to be magnified. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. This is not some new standard that we're talking about here. This is a standard we all know about. But do we live to live up to that standard? That's the problem. And so what you need to do, what we need to do is we need to examine ourselves pre-COVID. What were, we, what were we doing with our life and our walk with God? If we are fasting one meal a week, I think we need to take it to a higher level. I think you need to fast two meals. If you're fasting one day, you need to do a little bit extra. If you were uh, praying ten minutes, you need to start praying a lot more because I don't know about you, but this world is turning quickly. As quickly as this happened, the snap of a finger, this all of a sudden, everything shut down. We think we've got time to get things in order. I believe the Lord's getting his horse ready right now. And so we need to take our calling seriously. We need to take the word of God seriously. And we need to start living according to the standard that is established in the word of God and what God has asked you personally to do and to live by. I can't send out text every day and every week to say, hey, you need to be praying. You need to be doing what you need to be doing. I can't do that. We are called to work out our own salvation. You have to decide for yourself, just like the, the people of Nineveh decided, we're going to live by this higher standard. And, and only you have the power to make that choice. And only you can allow that power to change your life and to say, God, I'm, I'm doing what I need to do. Because God help us. Twinkling of an eye. Jesus can come back before the, the economy's back and that before we're, we're to phase three, Jesus can return and say, okay, I've had enough. I've been taking notes long enough. I've seen how this world is responding to this and I, I've given them plenty of grace and now it's time. It can happen in a second. But if we're living our lives every single day by that higher standard, the standard we're going to be judged by, just might, we might make it. Other than that, you have no hope. I want to start living by a higher level. We all know what that is. The promises you made to God, the commitments that you made, that you said you would do that you haven't fulfilled yet. Now's the time that we start doing that. Now is the day. Now is the time of salvation. God may come tonight. He may come tomorrow. But we need to live our lives by that standard. Amen. So. God bless you all. Thank you so much for coming today. May you have a blessed day, a blessed week. Uh, we're open for Thursday. If you want to come on Thursday, amen. Getting, trying to get back to normal as we can. Amen. All the ladies and mothers, grab a special treat out there. If you want to grab a flower, you can grab that too. Amen. God bless you. We love you. Praying for you. We'll see you Thursday and next week.